Looking to create your best self, whether it's good for you lifestyle hacks, smarter ways to supplement, or tasty tips to fuel optimal health, Talk Healthy Today provides you the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. I am absolutely in love with doing this podcast. I would be thrilled if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed to the podcast. Now, on to the show. We talk a lot here on the show about healthy eating and fitness and holistic health. And a big part of that is taking care of ourselves. And especially as moms, we seem to get to the bottom of the list way too often. It's time to take care of ourselves. I have got the fantastic Nina Ristieri here to talk about her new book, Overcoming the Mom Life Crisis, Ditch the Guilt, Put Yourself on the To-Do List and Create a Life You Love. Nina, welcome to Talk Healthy Today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I finished your book this morning. I absolutely loved it. And Not only is it chock full of incredibly useful, helpful advice and exercises, I mean, it's fantastic, but you're so candid. Like you start the book with a story from 2009, you're hiding under the covers, you're crying. I'm sure all moms listening are like, yep, been there, done that. Why don't you take us back to that time? Tell us what was going on. So at the time, my kids were were pretty young and um, I would, so I, I have four kids. And I was I was raising my four kids and running my company, um, and so I, I have a business that I started in 2005, and I started it when the kids were between seven and one. So by 2009, the youngest was five, um, the oldest was 12 or so. Um, my relationship with my then husband was just in it just it was terrible because. I had taken on so much and I I was just angry and sad and overwhelmed and I was blaming it all on him. <laughs> you know, we all do that. Now tell us a little bit about your business for people who aren't familiar. It's pretty cool. Thank you. Um so in 2005 I started this company. Really I I created this product, the Mom Agenda Day Planner for myself um because I had four young kids and I was just a mess, just missing appointments and and playdates and things like that. So I created an organizing system that worked for me. And then I thought, oh, this would make a really good business. So, you know, what does one do when they have four kids under seven? They start a business. (laughs) (laughs) Great idea. Great idea. So it's, it's a day planner specifically for moms of multiple kids, but it's a way to manage multiple schedules in one place. So what I love about the book Like I said, it's very candid, but you also, you write in it, quote, I'm going to share with you how I overcame my mom life crisis and help you beat yours with a step-by-step process. And you really do. You also talk about the importance of putting yourself back on the to-do list so you can create a life you love. And that's what I mentioned in the beginning is that as moms, we seem to be last and the stress that it can take is, is just insane. So in chapter one, awareness you write, and you're really funny too. Quote, the kids were sick for a total of six weeks. That's 60,480 straight minutes of brewing tea, making chicken soup, cleaning up vomit, playing Monopoly, watching TV, reading stories, doing laundry, playing cards, and playing board games we forgot we had. It's 1,008 hours of being cooped up inside the house, which seemed to get smaller and stuffier over the course of those hours. And then you talk about all these demands, and it said rock bottom had officially arrived. I mean, I love how you added up the hours. That was just brilliant. 
Oh, thank you. Well, it felt like that I felt every hour as, <laughs> as it, you know. All right, that's one more. Yeah. <laughs> oh it, it was the time of the swine flu, which was just seems like nothing compared to coronavirus. But at the time, it was it was very difficult, and all four got it, but they didn't get it at the same time. They got it back to back. So it, I was literally in the house for six weeks. It was, and I and I started to get angry because I was like, why why am I the one who has to stay home and deal with this? You know, like I want to be with my kids and everything, but I wanted to I wanted to some shared responsibility, and that because of the choices I had made, it wasn't possible. I built my business to be a lifestyle business so that I could work from home because I wanted to be. I really wanted to be the one who was available to the kids. Um, and that was why I started Mom Agenda rather than getting a, a nine to five corporate job. Not that there's anything wrong with that choice. It just wasn't the choice for me. Um, so, but in making that choice, I was kind of signing up for two full-time jobs. And I, I talk about that in the book. Like I am a full-time mom and I'm also running this company and I've chosen to do both at the same time. Um, and it, it was not, it was not uh, always the best choice for me. What I love is that you talked about things to consider. Uh, what would it feel like to nurture yourself with as much love, kindness, attention, and care that you've given to your new baby? How would it feel to love yourself as much as you love your kids and your partner? I went on this journey with various classes and therapists and modalities and was introduced to this type of information. And it was it was like mind blowing because it's not how we're raised, like to take care of yourself or think of yourself. And um, when my I talk about this in the book, when my th my therapist first said to me, maybe it's time to put you in the equation. You know, maybe your happiness actually matters to your family. I was like, what? <laughs> No, yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> you know, that's not right. So it was a long journey to to get to this point. Well, you have gotten to it with beauty and grace in this book. I mean, it's just incredible. In chat, I went through chapter by chapter. I won't give the whole book away, but in chapter two, it's called "Should," uh, and you wrote the word "should" had taken over my life. And yeah. you, you write classic examples include a mom should stay home with her kids rather than work. A mom should sacrifice herself in order to care for her children. A mom should dot, dot, you know, I mean, we could just shut ourselves to death. Talk about what you were, how you were doing that. Um, well, the, the, the big thing was that uh, aside from I should do that, I should do that, you know, letting my to-do list get a mile long, a friend had invited me to come with her to her dance studio. And it was a pole dance studio called S Factor in New York City. And I was like, oh, a mom should not do that, you know. <laughs> and I, I had all these should, like all these kind of ingrained ideas about what a mom should be. And one of those things is appropriate and modest. And, you know, a mom should present an image like a mom, you know. Right. Um, so I kind of shooted myself into a corner where I didn't have any freedom to do the things I wanted to do. 
when I go back on my Instagram, maybe from like five years ago, I'm a big fan of cleavage. I like cleavage. I think it, women should be able to do what they want. If they want to have cleavage, they should. And I would get a hard time from my friends like, oh, and I mean, I'm not even like, I, like an exercise top. Like I'm not even talking anything dramatic, you know, but it's yeah. like this idea of, well, should, is that a good thing? Should you? And then I wrote a book called Clean Eating Dirty Sex, which actually is not about dirty sex. It's a play on words. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to explain that to people. That is a play on words. And I think that S factor, I've always wanted to do that. It looks so hard. It was incredible. I mean, it changed my life. It really did. It, it, it what it did was it, um, I mean, yes, it is very hard. It is, it took me four months to get upside down on the pole, you know, to actually like get my body up there to build up the strength. But it is so fun. I mean, it, it changed my life. Like it, it, it made all the shoulds go away. That's awesome. It, it was like, I can, I can like, sink into my body and like feel feel sensual feel sexy and it's allowed right you have great arms you know I can I can see her I'm like okay that I need to do some of that that pole dancing I mean you just if only four months to hang upside down I mean that's so much what is that arm you got the arms but you also have the core that you're holding up and then you got the leg I mean I'm trying to picture this it takes so you're holding with your arms it takes core strength to get your legs up yeah, so it was really building the core. And then you hang from your ankles. Oh, I'd like to see pictures. All right. Uh, also in the should chapter, you have shooing the shoulds and tips on how to do that. And one is to do number one, write down your should statements in your journal whenever they come up. For example, I should make a homemade meal each night for the kids. Now try to reframe each statement with a more empowered one. For example, I choose to feed my kids healthy foods, whether homemade, store-bought, or takeout. I love that. That's instantly something that someone can take away and be like, wow, you know, I didn't think of it that way. And that's what I love on the show is to have people that can provide tips that you can immediately put into action. Yeah, it's so easy to reframe it, right? Just reframe it in a in a more empowered way. Like I'm, I'm in charge here and I know I'm a good mom and I'm not going to beat myself up about ordering takeout. Yeah. And speaking of being a good mom in chapter three, the myth of the good mom, you talk about different kind of moms. You also say don't abandon yourself to be a good mom. Uh, you've got the martyr mom, the pleaser mom, the crazy busy mom, the perfect mom, the helicopter mom. My favorite one. You're so clever. The sanctum mommy. I mean, your, your sense of humor is great. <laughs> we all know a sanctum mommy. That is for right. sure. You know, we're all trying to be the best we can be. It's, it all comes from a re really well-intentioned place. Yeah, I think so too. Now in chapter four, the pillars of self-care, I like your definition. Now, I don't know if you made this up, but it says self-care is knowing you matter and making choices every day that ensure you're at your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual best. Did you come up with that? Because it's fabulous. Yeah, I wrote that. Wow. Yeah. Thank Such you. Such a good way to describe it. I'm super big on self-care. And you have different pillars. I'm not going to share them all with people. I have to get the book. But you've got sleep. You've got exercise, kindness. And they're all really important. I mean, if people people who listen to the show know I'm going to go on my very short diatribe. Sleep is my religion. <laughs> I'm in bed every night between 8.30 and 9, no matter what. It's such an important part of our self-care. You are doing a great service to your listeners because let me tell you something. We don't talk enough about how important sleep is. <laughs> oh, good. And, and people brag about not sleeping enough. Yeah, I don't like, get don't, that. Don't brag about that because it's, it's it's very very bad for your health, your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health. You gotta you gotta sleep. You just you gotta prioritize it if you want to take care of yourself. 
You want to be your best. I'm an eight to nine hour a night girl personally. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I prioritize sleep for sure. And I want everyone to. Going into chapter five, taming the guilt monster. I think this is a really hard one. I think it comes with being a mom. Like it's on your mom card. Guilt every day. Yeah. That is is a really hard one to unwind. It has been for me. Well, you have today's to-dos. Today's to-dos, taming guilt. And you say, identify where and over what in your life you're feeling guilty about. Write down all those guilt-inspiring things. When you're finished, write the following at the top of the page. No more guilt list. This is going (laughs) to be your list of things to never feel guilty about again. You you have such a great blend of humor and practicality in the book. Thank you. Because that's really funny. It's like, because that's not what you expect. It's like, okay, I feel guilty about this because no, just screw it. Forget it. Stop it. Well, well it's unproductive. You know, like the, there's nothing to do about it. You just have to like swat it away. Uh, my uh, my old dance teacher used to call it the mosquito snap. You know, like you got a mosquito on your shoulder, snap it away. In the next chapter, I love this. You're doing a good job, parentheses. No, really. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And you write, uh, I'm a shitty mom. And then you talk about how you texted those words to a friend after a grueling afternoon. And you've got to get your kids to the after school activities. And you lost your patience. And then the kids felt bad. They were stuck with you as a mom. And yeah, that's that's we all go through that. We all go through that. I, I'm the worst mom. And I've gotten those texts from my friends too. I'm a shitty mom. I'm the worst mom. I yelled at my kids. I let them watch TV all day. I did this. I did that. It's like, we're all just human. We're all just trying our best. And we don't always live up to our own expectations of perfection. That's the problem. We're all We're all trying to be perfect. And none of us are. Again, I don't want to give too much away. So people are going to have to see the nine steps. Next time you start beating yourself up, you're going to have to get the book. <laughs> Chapter eight, overcoming overwhelm. I, I love this story. You talk about launching mom agenda. You talk about it going super well. You're at the end of the show. It's exciting. And then somebody came over to you and you were just started crying hysterically. And it was like, wait, 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 what's going on? You can have a good overwhelm. Well, you know, I didn't expect the business to take off the way it did, and which yeah. it was a happy surprise. And um, but the first thought was, what if I'm not going to be the mom that I want to be? Mm-hmm. What if I'm going to have to be flying all over the place, being away from my kids? Um, I I wanted to be there and present for my kids for their childhood. Like that, that's not for everyone, but that's what was right for me. And I was afraid I was going to lose control of that value and um, lose that freedom because the business took off. I was terrified. I was because really, ultimately, raising raising the kids always was what came first for me. It's amazing to me. I mean, what you're doing and having four children is is incredible. I like this too. You write too much to do equals no time or energy to hug sl- kids slash notice spouse's <laughs> existence. <laughs> Slash eat food, slash attend your own needs, slash enjoy life. You really are such a gifted writer. And, and again, the humor is great. And I thought, that, I love that. No, wait, what? Oh, yeah. Where's, who's my husband? What? <laughs> and then you have eight ways to take back your time and decrease overwhelm. And I think number one is so huge. Urgent versus important. Learn to discern. That was a huge shift 
for me in the me of today versus the me of 10 years ago in terms of um I think I think what our instinct is is to react to whoever's screaming the loudest. And that's that's the urgent urgent in air quotes. You know, the squeaky wheel gets the gets the grease. We pay attention to to those issues. But really what we should be paying attention to are the things that really matter to us. You know, so when my friend was asking me to be on the PTA committee and she'd call every day, it seemed urgent, but it wasn't, it really wasn't. And being on the PTA committee actually wasn't really, I didn't have room in my calendar for that <laughs> thing, but it seemed urgent. But once I learned to prioritize, I was able to say, okay, these three things are important. Those are the three things I'm going to do and forget who's screaming the loudest. They can scream all they want tuning them out. Some of the other ones are delegation and letting go. And of course, number eight, say no, which is huge. And you get into this when you're talking about saying no. And I love you have this how to say no to almost anything. Uh, Say something positive. Here are a few ideas. Thank you for thinking of me. It sounds awesome that you've taken on the PTA presidency this year. This sounds like (laughs) an interesting project. I'm flattered that you thought of me. A book club sounds fun. And it sounds like you've put together an amazing group. See, and then you have like another two pages of suggestions for, other, which is great because sometimes you're like, I just don't know what to say. Oh, I'm going to look at Nina's book. You know, there are times in your life when, uh, you know, like when my kids had the swine flu and, you know, that the, there's nothing you can do, but you can try to make long-term structural adjustments where you say, okay, these are the three things that are important to me. Um, and these are the three things I'm going to do. I'm going to take care of my kids. I'm going to take care of my business. And those were the two things that I chose to focus on. Um, but it's it's kind of like um, trying to reach a star. You know, you're not going to get there, but you can you can right. move. You can feel closer to it. You know, you might you might not achieve perfection, but you you take baby steps toward that direction. Self care when everything sucks. <laughs> And you wrote, in 2012, Larry and I decided to get a divorce. In my quest to be fully and authentically me, I'd finally let myself see the uncomfortable truth that my marriage to Larry had not been working. That's a that's a tough thing to look at. I mean, it, it was a it was a very difficult decision um, and a very difficult time in my life. Um, where ultimately it was like it was like this is the best thing for our family because I'm I'm and Larry's a great guy and we are very dear friends and I'm friends with his wife and we have a oh, wonderful great. blended family now. But at the time it was like, I'm not happy, which means I'm not the best mom I can be. I'm not, I'm not thriving in my life because I'm not happy in my relationship. Um, it, it seeps into everything. And so we realized we needed to make this change and it was, you know, we knew right away it was the right decision because we both, we both became much, much happier individuals um, and, and created the kind of relationship that's, that's really, you know, strong, positive, we're wonderful co-parents. And, you know, he's one of the people I call when something's going wrong. Like he's, he really is a dear friend. Oh, I'm so glad that it worked out. Yeah. It's hard to get there and you have to go through it. I love that you write to go through the pain. 
And I love that you talk about steps to, to learn how, how to feel your feelings because reminder, your needs matter. That's what I mean. Like people listening are like, holy cow, this book is, is just an encyclopedia of parenting and self-care and everything. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible. Thank so you. in this, in this, you also offer crisis management, self-care and, in chapter 13, you talk about the pursuit of happiness and talk to us about listening to your own intuition. How did you, how do you tune into that for people who say, or women who say, yeah, I don't, I kind of get it, but I'm not, can I do it more? <laughs> I, you know, I struggled with that until pretty recently um, because we have so many little voices in our heads and, and when they say, listen to your intuition, it's like, well, which voices? <laughs> <laughs> But what I what I came to realize is that it's not in my head, it's in my body. And it's a feeling of knowing. So for me, my intuition isn't words, it's, it's a feeling. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's different for everyone. But when you know something, when you just know it's the right thing. And I talk about when, um, when I was developing mom agenda, and I just couldn't get the layout right, I was trying all these different permutations. And sketching and when i finally found what it is now the layout with the top for mom and four spaces for the kids it was like uh i just i knew it was like oh that's my intuition now i know what it feels like you know yeah i love that and it's great that in that uh, in the book you have advice for that and then we get to pleasure it's the secret sauce as you call it I want people to indulge in pleasures that are good for you. Um, I talk about sex, you know, that's a type of pleasure that's really, it's good for your relationship. It's good for your health. It's good for your emotional life. You know, do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but many of us who are married or in long-term relationships, you know, sex gets put at the bottom of the list and I've talked to so many of my friends who have said, I really don't care if I ever have sex again. And I'm like, that is so sad. You know, you got to prioritize that stuff. The book is incredible. And I hope I didn't give too much away because I just am so impressed. It's overcoming the mom life crisis. Ditch the guilt. Put yourself on the to-do list and create a life you love. Nina, where do we find out all about you and your great business and all that stuff? Oh, thank you. Um, so my, my, I have a website, ninarestieri.com, um, and my business is momagenda.com, and the book is available everywhere. Books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, and come visit me on Instagram, nina.restieri. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Healthy Today. I hope you got as much out of the show as I did. I feel so lucky to talk to so many incredible people to help you live your healthiest life. So please rate, review, and subscribe, and never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today.